Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Raptors, your daily Toronto Raptors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome to episode 12 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, October 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com and TSN Radio in Toronto. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. The show is on Twitter as well, at LockedOnRaptors. And you can find links to all my work on my Facebook page. Just search at Sean Woodley Raptors on Facebook to find it. Locked On Raptors is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find team-specific shows for all 30 NBA teams now, uh, as well as Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke. All in one place, uh, the Locked On NBA channel on iTunes. It's a uh, one-stop shop for people who can't get enough of the NBA. On today's show, we have a regular season game to recap at long last. Uh, Last night of the ACC, the Raptors cruised past the Detroit Pistons uh, with an impressive 109-91 win to move to 1-0. In the process, they moved me to 0-1 in my game day pick against the spread. Uh, I took the Pistons as a 7-point underdog last night, and they did not come through for me, uh, dropping it by 19 or 18 and never really being close uh, after the first quarter. But that's okay, because uh, we saw an awesome performance by the Raptors, and uh, I think we should get used to me getting these picks against the spread wrong anyway. So why not start with what the norm will be? Um, so every game, uh, when every day after a, a game, I'm going to you know perf- give a top performer for the game. Uh, I'll sort of go over who I thought was the best player for the Raptors. Uh, I'll probably keep a running tally over the course of the season to, who, to see who ends up getting the top nod uh, over the course of the whole year. Uh, those of you who know me might think I'll rig it so Terrence Ross wins out at the end of the year. I can't guarantee that won't happen, um, but I can tell you that despite a strong game last night off the bench, he will not be getting the nod for me today. It's a really tough call today. Uh, there are two guys who are absolutely deserving of this highly prestigious award uh, from me. Uh, DeMar DeRozan was ridiculous. He scored 40 points all before the end of the third quarter. The third quarter, he just got blisteringly hot. It was something to watch. He was just, I mean, he was doing his thing with, like, the kind of ugly fadeaways and, the you know, the jab steps and the and just, like, lots of mid-range stuff. Um, but he was, you know, incredibly effective either way. It felt like he couldn't miss for a long time. And, you know, that doesn't happen all the time. You know, he, there's there are times where... He can get into a little funk, and you feel like none of his mid-range shots are going to go. But last night, it was uh, it felt automatic. Third quarter, he was 10 of 14 for 21 points. Um, just absurdly good in that quarter. Really took over the mantle as the, the offensive you know force in that quarter when no one else really contributed. Um, it was it was great to see. He was also a perfect six of six from the line from the line. Got some good separation on the, on that fadeaway, as I mentioned. Um, it's it's unattractive, sure, but he's one of a handful of guys in the world who can make that shot work uh, with such a high degree of difficulty. So it's pretty nice to see. Um, and you know that that contract he signed, the, I mean, game one doesn't mean it was worth it or anything, but it, it was a pretty good start for for DeRozan under his new contract. Um, I will say though, DeRozan does not get top honors for me today. That honor will go to Jonas Valanciunas. He was 
awesome. Um, 32 points on 10 of 15 shooting, 12 of 14 from the line, uh, 14 re- sorry, 11 rebounds, uh, six of which were offensive, uh, one assist. Just awesome. He was so good. Um, he another you know sort of an underrated thing and part part of his game was early in the game he drew a couple early fouls on Andre Drummond which really threw off uh, the rotation of the uh, of the Pistons he had a couple of monster dunks one after he you know maybe illegally elbowed uh, Andre Drummond in the face and then went in for a lefty dunk and then he had one where he he you know pump faked Boban Marjanovic out of his shoes and then went in and dunked on on Boban which is not an easy thing to do considering he's seven foot three. Um, that was a uh, a really impressive night from Valanciunas, especially on offense. We talked about this before. You know, him diversifying his offensive skill set is going to be really important for him in order to get more of a share of the offense. Um, you know, he's kind of been a one-trick pony in the past. It's, you know, he gets it in the post. He takes a long time to get things going. He's not a great passer out of the post. It's kind of, you know, you know what you're getting. Once he gets the ball in the post position, it's going to be, he's either going to score, he's going to miss, or he's going to turn it over or get fouled, and that's kind of predictable. Uh, last night, he wasn't so predictable. You know, they had him working the elbows a little bit, you know, doing some dribble handoff work with uh, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, he hit a couple elbow jumpers, which was really nice to see, and the, I mean, the pump fake is not the the best pump fake in the world. Um, Drummond seems to be one of the only guys who falls for it, although Drummond, Aaron Baines, and Marjanovic all fell for it times last night, which was weird to see. Um, maybe it's contagious, I don't know. But it was uh, just a really impressive offensive performance from Valanciunas. He seemed to be attacking quicker when he got the ball in that deep post position. Instead of backing his guy down for you know a few seconds, he just seemed to attack and swoop in. Uh, you know He was all over the offensive glass, as I mentioned, with six offensive boards. He was just really, really after it. I think he got a couple of defensive boards sort of snatched from Pascal Siakam, or by Pascal Siakam, which we'll get to him in a second. He was also pretty impressive in his first game. But I think I mentioned yesterday sort of my three keys for the game before the game started um, that, you know, looking at what Valanciunas looked like tonight was going to be pretty important. You know, there was a lot of conversation about him looking slow and lethargic, both in the Olympics and then uh, in, in preseason where he just really didn't look good at all. Um, this apparently means that the preseason, once again, is uh, is meaningless because he looked full of energy, uh, very, very eager to be involved in the offense, and the Raptors looked for him. And, you know, if he's going to be doing things like, you know, being able to pop and being able to, you know, work in the pick and roll more than just being a post threat, that's going to be really important for the Raptors. And it was really encouraging to see them looking for him all the time. You know, 15 field goal attempts, it's only three off of his career high in field goal attempts, so... Um, if this is, you know, going to be the norm, this is going to mean a lot less, you know, workload for Kyle Lowry, uh, and DeMar DeRozan, although DeRozan had his own share of usage last night. De- Lowry had a bit, had a bit of a down night, just three of 13, um, and, you know, one of five from three struggled, struggled with his jumper, but still Lowry, you know, we'll get to him too, had an effective night. Um, but Valanciunas being like this and, you know, being a higher usage guy and, you know, playing 35 minutes, which he did not do all that often last year. He was, you know, stuck around that 28, 29 area. He was, uh, it was nice to see him relied upon. I mean, some of that's by necessity because, you know, the Raptors are dealing with two rookies as their fourth and fifth, third, third and fourth bigs right now. But, you know, having Valanciunas get out there, he didn't look too tired. I thought he might start, you know, wearing down by the end of the game, but he seemed to be pretty solid all the way through. So it's a very encouraging sign um, to see that from Valanciunas in the first game. He is your top top performer in uh, the first game of the season. Some other notes from the game. Um, 
again, Kyle Lowry didn't have a great game. It's sort of, it was reminiscent almost of a couple of the playoff games last year where he just couldn't get his jumper to fall, but he still did so many other things on the court where he was just, you know, so damn effective. He was, uh, you know, he, he, he just 10 points on 3 of 13 shooting, as I mentioned. Eight assists, though, five rebounds, uh, a steal in there as well, three of three from the line. And, you know, he was still getting into the defense, still carving, you know, space out and then, you know, leaving, you know, he he threw a couple of really nice passes. He set up Damari Carroll with like a very John Wall-like, you know, cross-court pass. That was just fantastic. It was so great to see. Um, Lowry's really good, even when he's not good, uh, essentially, is the point. You know, he's always effective in, in some way. Uh, he didn't really have the biggest defensive assignment. The Raptors were up against Ish Smith as a starting point guard, and Bino Udrick was the backup. Um, so Lowry wasn't super tested on that end, but he held his own. He, uh, you know, only picked up two fouls. Ish Smith had a, uh, you know, not the greatest game as a starter. He, you know, the Raptors dared him to shoot a lot. He only went three of ten, uh, 0 of four from three. Uh, he had the seven assists, but yeah, it was not an effective night for Ish Smith offensively, and I'm not sure that's all Kyle Lowry. You know, Lowry did do a good job of sort of scampering under screens and getting back in front of Smith before he could, you know, do his thing and drive to the net, but that's kind of expected when you're going under screens anyway. That's kind of the whole reason you go under screens, so... Uh, Lowry, you know, it'd be nice to see what he can do against Kyrie Irving on the defensive end on Friday. Um, I'm sure he'll be his typical awesome Lowry self. Next up, I'm pretty proud of uh, what the rookies did. Pascal Siakam and Jakob Pertl played pretty well for, you know, being guys. You know, Siakam ended up starting. That was a conversation we, I think that was another one of the keys, uh, the key storylines going into the game was who the hell is going to start for the Raptors because it wasn't clear. Siakam started the final two preseason games. There was rumors that maybe Patterson could be in line for the starting role. Uh, He was not. Pascal Siakam played 22 minutes. He was 2 of 2 from the floor, 4 points. Um, he had a steal. He had nine rebounds in those 22 minutes, which is damn impressive. Seven of those on the defensive end. Um, and he was just bouncing all over the place. He had a couple deflections, a couple nice, uh, you know, I think his one steal was like a nice interception uh, where he sort of leapt and grabbed it. He was all over the place, almost to his detriment uh, at some times where he would kind of get out of position. Um, and early in the game, I noticed he was having some trouble getting through screens. Uh, they were running him around off the ball a lot with Marcus Morris playing the four. And Marcus Morris was, you know, hanging around around the three-point line a lot. And uh, they were, you know, really putting... Uh, really putting Siakam through a gauntlet of screens. And he had some troubles early on getting through them. Eventually, I think it sort of, you know, evened out. Um, At the same time, the Pistons' offense got a lot less sophisticated as the game went on. They seemed to be, you know, doing a very much Raptors thing where it was just like sort of one pass and a shot. There wasn't a whole lot of off-ball action going on later in the game. Um, But, you know, it was a really nice performance from Siakam. In 22 minutes in your your first, first game as a rookie when you're the 27th overall pick. To not be totally out of place and to be a nice defensive compliment to Valanciunas as he sort of hung back near the rim and Siakam was chasing guys out near the three-point line, that's you know a real asset that they didn't have last year with Luis Scola next to Valanciunas and you know it, it played out in the in the on-off and the the, the the net rating for that that pair. So um, there's no saying Siakam is going to be like a great offensive player. You know I highly doubt that'll happen. He did have like one sort of awkward little hook shot that he hit. That was fun. But, you know, it's uh, it's really encouraging for a guy like Siakam to look like that as a starter. He didn't look too out of place, and that's all you can really ask for. And Jakob Pertl the same. Pertl only played 13 minutes. He got into foul trouble pretty quickly. He had five fouls in the game. 
Um, only two points uh, and two rebounds and just one of four from the field. He had a couple sort of weak plays around the basket where, you know, he grabbed an offensive board and then kind of didn't go up strong and then either, he either missed or he got knocked away. Um, but he was uh, very surprisingly limber on defense, although I, I guess not surprising. I've kind of always really liked Pirtle's, you know, mobility with his feet. He's very quick and fleet foot for a guy who's seven feet tall. Um, and he looked pretty good just, you know, being around the rim. He had a couple of nice seal-offs on the baseline uh, where he forced tough passes from, from, the, from the Pistons guards. Uh, you know, did a pretty good job around the rim. He didn't pick up any blocks, but he was just kind of there and he was a presence, um, which is nice. And, you know, Pirtle, I'm not sure if he has, you know, sort of the, the, the strength right now or the uh, overall skill to be, you know, a very impactful guy as a first-year guy. I think Siakam might have more of an edge to be a, you know, a bit more of a useful guy in his first season just because he has that energy that just seems to be radiating from him at all times, and that's going to lead to positive plays. Also negative plays, as I mentioned, but Pirtle just seems very solid, and um, I think as he gets more comfortable, we'll start seeing, you know, a bit more touch around the basket from him because that's sort of the book, the book on him. He's got some really nice touch. He's got some really nice skill with the ball, um, you know, he's not going to get the opportunity. He's not going to be, you know, the focal point of an offense like he was when he was at Utah. But it's uh, it's nice to see that he can offer other things like the mobility on defense, which is definitely a different look than what Jonas Valanciunas provides. A couple other things that caught my eye, uh, more to the negative side of things, I suppose. Patrick Patterson looked a little off to me. Um, I'm not sure if it's just like his new jump shot that looks weird or what it is, but I think he's trying to do a little bit too much out there. He had a couple, you know, he, like he shouldn't be taking shots on pull-ups, but he had a couple where, you know, he clanked pull-up jumpers. He was 1 of 5 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, and you really need him hitting those threes. Uh, he had just 3 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, solid defense and all that, uh, which is what you come to expect from Patrick Patterson, but... You know, his comments last week where he said he's trying to add more to his offensive game, that's great for him. I'm not totally sure it's great for the Raptors, um, considering that he's not really refined when he's trying to make plays with the ball in his hands. We've saw that, we've seen it before. You know, last season, a lot of the time when he tried to make something happen, when you know, he was trying to attack a closeout, for example, he would just sort of clank, you know, runners and you know, turn the ball over and not look totally comfortable uh, with the ball in his hands trying to be a playmaker. If he can work on that and improve it, that's great. And that just gives the Raptors another guy who can, you know, do some stuff with the ball in his hands. But I'm just not sure it's there for him right now. And uh, I'd like to see him more just be the guy who, with the catch and shoot threes, just be that guy. You know, I don't really want to see Patterson taking pull-ups. Like, it doesn't hurt if he's trying to do that and he's trying to be more of a creator, but he just doesn't seem to have it right now. Sticking with the bench, Terrence Ross was, uh, you know, he didn't score a bunch. He only had four points uh, on four shots uh, in 18 minutes, but he had three assists, which is weird for Terrence Ross. That doesn't really happen all the time. I believe his one assist, or one of his assists, came on uh, Jakob Pertl's only bucket of the game, and it was just a really nice dump-off pass. Uh, he also had two steals, and, you know, his two buckets came driving to the basket. One was like this awkward-looking skyhook thing that was very bizarre. Uh, happened just before Siakam's weird hook thing, too. That uh, was a pretty interesting couple of possessions. Um, but the, the other basket he got, again, he was carving in the defense, which you just didn't see last year. You know, I'd like to see him take more threes. He, only, he was 0 for 1 from 3. You kind of need him to shoot threes. The Raptors as a team were just 3 of 18 from 3, and I guess that's a side effect of having you know so many possessions go to DeMar DeRozan where he was just getting to the rim at will. Um, and, you know, same with Valanciunas. When you, 32 of your shots are coming from Valanciunas and DeRozan, your three-point attempts are going to be down. Um, but it'd be nice to see Ross be that guy who... You know, in addition to, and maybe hit the, you know, his ability to drive and showing that off, that, that 
plays into him being a better three-point shooter because, you know, defenses are going to have to respect his ability to get to the basket, and maybe they sag off a little bit more, gives him a little bit more space to shoot the three. Um, so it's not a bad thing by any means that Ross only shot one three uh, and went to the basket a few times. I'm sure he'll get more usage in, in future games. It was just a weird night where DeRozan was so on fuego um, that, you know, you couldn't really justify him deferring to Terrence Ross or Patrick Patterson or even Kyle Lowry, who whose shot was off. So... Um, I'm sure we'll see more, you know, unconscious Ross off the bench, just sort of gunning down the road. Um, but yeah, it was a nice game from him. Corey Joseph was his typical Corey Joseph self. Six points, four rebounds, two assists, three of six from the field. He uh, looks every bit, you know, the the very solid uh, six man, you know, six point five man that the that the Raptors really rely on as their backup point guard. One thing that's definitely interesting is that Norm Powell was essentially out of the rotation. He only played two garbage time minutes at the end of the game. Uh, he was 0 for 2 from 3. You know, it's uh, most teams only roll with nine guys, and it's interesting that the Raptors, you know, two of those nine guys are Pascal Siakam and Jakob Pertl, who are rookies, who, you know, are very, very green. Norm Powell is, you know, he's played playoff games, but yeah, it's he just doesn't fit right now, especially with... Uh, you know, Damari Carroll didn't play, I don't think he played any minutes at the four last night. The Raptors didn't go with that small unit very often. I mean, there's no need to force it when the Raptors are up that much for most of the game. You know, it's not like they needed a, you know, a Damari Carroll at the four crunch time lineup to close, close things out. That's one other thing, too, that's underrated. Last year, the Raptors would get these leads. I believe there was a game against Detroit where they had a big lead, and they just blew it, and, you know, you, you couldn't get guys any rest. DeRozan seemed to get some rest in the fourth quarter. Lowry still played 30, 38 minutes, which isn't the greatest, but... Um, you know, the Raptors at least held on to their lead and didn't give it up and, you know, cruised really from the middle of the second quarter on, uh, which was really nice to see. But back to Powell, he's definitely not in the rotation right now. Um, I'm sure he will get his time and I'm sure, you know, it's going to be a bit of a merit thing where if Ross is really struggling, Powell will probably get a look. Um, but there's just not the minutes right there, uh, available to him. Damari Carroll played a pretty nice game, 30 points. He only she didn't shoot super well. He was only 2 of 8 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3. Um, but 7 rebounds and an assist and a steal. He was, you know, just making things happen. This was a weird game. It's hard to judge because, as I said, there were so many shots that went to two guys. 72 points came from Valanciunas and DeRozan. So it's hard to judge really what anybody else did because those guys were such so much the focal point of what the Raptors were doing. Um, so I guess we kind of see need to see a bit of more of a normal game where the, it's a bit more distributed around, um, and to to really draw conclusions on you know what guys look like. But I thought Carroll looked fine. Um, it'd be nice to bring up his three point percentage a little bit, but again, that's not really what the Raptors were doing last night. Um, they just it wasn't really part of the plan. So overall, a really impressive and and fun performance. It was a really fun game to be in attendance for. Uh, you know the crowd was jacked up. And it was, uh, yeah, it was just it was just a really good way to start the season. You know, there was serious bummer potential with Sullinger being out and having the rookies, and you don't really know what to expect from them. There was real uh, sort of, you know, potential for a bit of an early season panic if the Raptors had lost that game. You know, unnecessary panic, of course, but, um, you know, with the Cavs coming up and, you know, potential 0-2 staring down the barrel of a potential 0-2, that wouldn't have been ideal. And it was just a really nice, you know, anti-buzzkill for the Raptors to come out put in such a dominant performance against a team that without one of their best players they really should have beaten and, and beaten up on like they did so um, just good to see the Raptors taking care of business good to see the Raptors back in action it's about time it's been too long 
Um, and uh, looking forward to the game on Friday night. Speaking of which, I will be recording a crossover episode uh, with Chris Manning of Locked on Cavs. Uh, so that will run. I'll probably do my own little thing as well, my own personal preview of the game tomorrow, uh, in addition to the interview that I'm doing with uh, w- with Chris. It's going to be a fun game, seeing the Raptors go up against the Cavs again. The Cavs look really good in their opener against the Knicks. A lot of teams looked really good, i got to say. I really have enjoyed the first couple days of basketball. Um, a surprisingly high level of play from a lot of guys, um, which you don't really usually expect early in the season. You know, Dame Lillard had an amazing game. James Harden looked so good with 34 and 17 assists in his first game with Mike D'Antoni as his coach. Anthony Davis had a just absurd stat, stat line, 50 points, 16 boards, 7 steals, 5 assists, 4 blocks. Like, that's not even, like, fathomable, really, to me. Um, just a lot of fun basketball to start the season, and the Raptors are very much included in that. And uh, it'll be fun to see them go up against the Cavs. All these games are important, um, especially, you know, as an early season sort of measuring stick before the schedule gets pretty easy the following week. Very home heavy and, you know, a lot of non-playoff teams that the Raptors can take advantage of, so... Uh, we'll be back with more on the Raptors and Cavs tomorrow. I'll have my you know three sort of keys for the game. Uh, to, that's such a bad and lame term. It's three storylines to keep an eye on. How about that? The keys to the game is so you know, national broadcasty. Um, so we'll do the three storylines. Uh, we'll do my pick against the spread. We'll have uh, my chat with Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs, and it'll be a uh, it'll be a good way to wrap up the week. Thanks so much for listening. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. Uh, subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast channel. Subscribe, rate, review, all those fun things. Um, it really helps uh, helps everyone out in terms of you know getting more clicks, and that's what we're really all after in this here podcast game. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again for another episode of Locked On Raptors for Friday, October twenty eighth, tomorrow. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you then.